0: Hi, everyone. Uh, thank you for listening to our CX Expert Talks podcast powered by Alterna CX. My name is Poiras and I'm the co-founder of Alterna CX. Alterna CX is an AI-based customer experience measurement and management software. We were recently recognized as a promising vendor uh, in Gartner's Voice, Voice of Customer Market Guide. You can check out our solution and case studies at www.alternacx.com. In today's podcast, we're going to talk about the impact of COVID-19 on the financial institutions and specifically its impact on customer experience. And we have a special guest today joining us from New York City. I would like to introduce Corey uh, User, a seasoned strategy and management consulting partner for the banking and the broader financial services industry at Wipro Digital from New York City. Corey has advised leading banks in the U.S. and Canada on digital banking, digital strategies, and transformation. Good morning, Corey, and welcome to our
1: podcast. Hello, Porras. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. It's our pleasure,
0: uh, Corey. Uh, So uh, today we're here to discuss the outlook and uh, go about in detail into how financial service firms are uh, responding in the U.S. to the COVID 19 uh, epidemic. It's been more than a month since the uh, start, and uh, the increase uh, in the uh, impact of the virus on the economy, the US economy, is becoming even uh, more visible these days. So, uh, you know, before we start, Corre, uh, as a starting question, there are views that COVID 19 has triggered a recession. Would you agree with that? And uh, what do you think banks and fintechs should be prepared for these days?
1: Thanks, Poraz. I think that's a, that's a great, very valid question. Of course, COVID-19 is a very hot topic these days. Um, and it's, it's really interesting that uh, in, in just a matter of a few weeks, how things have changed. I had published an article on March uh, 7th or March 8th, and that article was a, was a last call to banks saying that they should be prepared for a recession uh, in terms of digitizing their credit collections processes. But in that article, I was not able to say that a recession had started. So I said, uh, there are some indicators there, there are some indicators uh, that are not there yet, so we can't be for sure. I think at this time we are uh, at a position where we can say yes there is a pandemic induced recession ongoing it's likely uh, going to be a deep recession in the sense that uh, it's going to it's going to cut deeper than the last one uh, some estimates show uh, that the the gdp uh, uh uh decline can be uh, uh worse than uh world war 2 uh time levels so what does that mean for for banks and for fintechs going back to your question uh as you know in the US uh fed funds rate uh is targeted at near zero since march 15th uh, what that means is that uh the government uh, or the fed is trying to stimulate Lending to small businesses and to corporations, uh, so that um, uh, the economy still goes. But the market reaction to that was fierce, and uh, Dow Jones dropped significantly. In the last three weeks, uh, there were uh, I think sixteen or seventeen million new uh, unemployment uh, applications were made. Uh, and uh, uh delinquencies are already going up uh, especially uh, in terms of unsecured lending like credit cards it's not it's not in great shape right now so what what happens is that banks net interest margins go down with with fed funds rates so low and what banks tend to do is focus on uh, products and services that bring them fee revenues instead of interest revenues Right. And, and fee revenues you collect mostly, uh, through lending and not through savings accounts, not through deposits. However, in a, in the pandemic induced recession like this, where you cannot go to branches and apply the, the banks that win are the ones that can digitize those processes. And if if it's a manual process, if you have to go to the bank, if you have to bring documents, it it slows down and you may see a shift uh, to to banks or fintechs that have digitized it. What that means for fintechs, fintechs are in much better shape in terms of uh, digitizing these front end processes. And uh, there may be more bank fintech partnerships that we see, in the future uh, in that sense. I think also um, we need to think about different scenarios because it's hard to guess what's gonna happen, how long this is gonna last. Uh, there are, there are uh, different and controversial uh, uh, estimations on how long this will last. But I think one thing we should consider in the US is that it's an election year. And what that means is that the government may um, force uh, individual states to open up their economies a little earlier than than it needs to be, just to make sure that everything uh, goes back up again in terms of in terms of uh, GDP, in terms of uh, economies, people uh, being employed. But that may mean that the 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 uh, uh, Pandemic hits may come back and uh, we may see uh, another uh, time, another period of time where we go back to our houses and uh, restart with social distancing. And that would extend the overall duration. I don't subscribe to the views that we're going to go back to uh, things uh, uh, were only in a matter of few weeks. I think it's going to take more months. Uh, before we go back and if we go back early I think there's a risk of everything coming back and uh, we we restart the cycle of uh, social distancing ourselves uh, businesses being impacted etc um, well that's that's really interesting uh, and uh,
0: in terms of like the depth of the impact uh, that was a really uh, you know a good summarization. Uh, in terms of the uh, current actions taken uh, from financial institutions, um, you know, what are your thoughts? Like, uh, are banks and uh, other financial service institutions, um, you know, doing enough, um, you know, right now? And uh, you know, what are your thoughts about the effectiveness uh, on uh, what they are doing uh, in terms of, uh, you know, uh, uh, taking uh, or being proactive or reactive about, uh, you know, pandemic uh, actions?
1: so um banks uh and and uh financial institutions that that we work with uh and we work with all of the top 20 um i can see a big shift in terms of what they demand from us in terms of uh digital consulting services and how things have shifted initially was more towards how can I make sure that there is business continuity, that I keep the lights open, that I can keep serving my customers while uh, I had all these uh, cost-cutting measures where, where we had outsourced a lot of things uh, and all the security measures of, for example, accessing customer data um, was dependent on uh, people working in physical locations. What does that mean when your uh, offshore people? Let's say you have a, a thousand uh, operations people in India uh, who now have to uh, serve your customers from their homes. In terms of accessing that customer information from their homes, uh, in terms of having the infrastructure, having at the laptops or having the internet service uh, strong enough to be able to do that. The bank's focus uh, and the financial institutions focus was initially on that. And that uh, I feel like there were some knee-jerk reactions uh, uh Some of them, uh, I believe, are are smart decisions and some of them may be uh, uh, affected by the feeling of a shock. Uh, And I think that shock will be followed by an adjustment period. And I think in this quarter, we're going to see a lot of initiatives being uh, canceled and pended by banks uh, that they may be uh, better off still fueling and uh we can we can touch upon those uh, a little deeper uh in the in the next few minutes but uh to answer your question uh what we see is uh business continuity focus there are very minor uh offering changes uh that they do uh and as you know there's a stimulus package in the u.s um which we call uh, payment protection program, a two trillion package was approved uh, by the government, and some of some of that is small business lending, and we see that banks trying to quickly uh, open up themselves for for those applications so that they can they can support businesses. All
0: right, all right, no, that's that's uh, great. Um, just a couple of minutes ago, you mentioned uh, there are. Uh, You know, different groups of financial institutions, Um, we talked about fintechs and traditional bricks and mortar, brick and mortar banks. Um, We also have digital-only banks. Um, In your uh, observations, you mentioned that fintechs are in better shape. Uh, But, you know, uh, can we really compare these groups one to to another? And um, how do you think uh, the current situation um, is going to affect uh, each of these uh, in different forms. Uh, I'm, I'm especially interested in your uh, perspectives on uh, bricks and mortar banks because I know that uh, you have uh, quite good observations and uh, very deep project
1: experience there. I think that's a, that's a very, very good question. Uh, so, what we have seen in the last recession in the years uh, from the end of 2007. Until 2010, uh, we saw that uh, incumbent banks, more traditional brick and mortar banks, closed a lot of branches. Uh, don't quote me on the numbers, but if I if I remember correctly, there were 120,000 branches in the U.S. and at the end of it, there were about 90,000. And part of that, of course, was um, uh, 2,000 or 3,000 banks closing, but mostly those that. Da- banks were uh, mostly single branch banks, right? So um, in some ways, uh, banks uh, started preparing themselves uh, to a reality where the physical uh, sales and service was not their main uh, channel. And they started focusing on uh, digital channels. But of course, like everything else, uh, different banks uh, had different levels of progression in that sense. And challenger banks have emerged, which we call digital banks or mobile banks. Uh, banks that came out of nowhere uh, with, with not necessarily having a profit agenda in their first few years, but just looking for uh, investors. And uh, challenging uh, incumbent banks head on, uh, just just by having, uh, the sales and service in a in a more convenient fashion, more uh, needs based customer oriented fashion. I think those uh, digital banks, mobile banks, and I include fintechs into that group, which uh, enabled a lot of the a lot of these services, uh obviously are mu- in much better shape at this time than the banks that had relied on their physical networks. And um, we will see the effects of, of this uh, uh, differently on those uh, three groups, the fintechs, the digital banks, and the traditional banks. The, the banks that have not been preparing for this, I think will not come off really well and we will see them quickly trying to close a lot of branches, um, uh, quickly uh, replace some branches with ATMs, uh, potentially even shut down some of their ATMs, uh, seeing seeing the need going down uh, through social distancing. Um, That's why I think uh, all these three groups will be affected differently. Yeah, definitely. um...
0: You know, we're going to see, uh, because this has been an ongoing battle. I uh, mean, you know, fintechs versus uh, banks, are they competing? Are they collaborating? And, you know, who's going to win? So it's going to be an interesting one um, because the challenge is really uh, big. Uh, so, um, you know, thinking about the, uh, you know, what's going to be prioritized as we go forward? Um, what are some areas uh, in your observation that uh banks or financial institutions should uh prioritize uh in the upcoming uh periods uh,
1: I think um there were some expectations that didn't come through and some expectations some obvious ones that did come through when we look at the last four weeks um there, there was this one expectation that um, banks who were truly digital or, or made it really convenient for uh, their customers would win a lot of the market share. And we have not seen that. We have not seen that switch, switching rates between uh, banks increasing significantly in the last four weeks. Also, because people are not going to the branches, uh, there was the expectation that the call center uh, call volumes w- would go through the roof, but we have not experienced that either. And some of the some of the um, uh, uh, resources I see interpret the, this differently than I would. They're saying, "Oh, you see, it didn't matter. People don't care about it, etc." I think people are still in shock about what's happening and banking is not the most important thing for them right now they are more worried about their health their their loved ones health uh keeping their jobs doing their jobs remotely those all trump uh in terms of uh all all those trump how convenient their their banking services right now but as this is becoming the norm i think things will change For example, in March, we did see mobile check deposit increasing by 40%. Because, um, as you know, in the U.S., checks are still a thing. And the U.S. is very different than uh, uh, most of the uh, world. Um, We're still using checks here. But there is remote deposit, uh, remote check capture, remote deposit capture. Now you can uh, uh, cash your check just using your mobile device. And that we have seen increasing by 40%. I think what's gonna happen is that people are gonna be forced to adopt these digital channels that they were not very uh, open to doing so before. It was always convenient to just take a drive for five minutes to the bank branch or as they were driving to the mall, just stop at the bank. And now they have no option uh, but to use all those digital channels. And I think that will change things uh, uh, significantly. There's gonna be a paradigm shift. People who have not been using digital channels before will be forced to use it and will never go back. Again, that means what that means for the banks and financial institutions, they have to understand. That some things will are not going back, and they should uh, not keep a mindset where, oh, once this blows over, uh, I should I should keep my branches and I could I I should keep serving the customers the the way I did in the in the last ten years. They should be investing in digital channels right now, and they should be considerate in terms of. What what customer needs and expectations are because those are changing as well.
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, I remember this joke that uh, I I saw. Um, the question was, what was driving your digital transformation in two thousand twenty? And uh, COVID nineteen uh, was the uh, you know the first response. Um, I think uh, that's in effect becoming a. Uh, the correct uh, statement uh, because uh, most of the banks and financial services are accelerating their uh, digital migration, uh, from your words, I understand.
1: Right, right. And uh, as I said before, I think um, uh, smart institutions are seeing, uh, having that vision, having that uh, scenario-based approach of of what could happen. And they continue to fuel Uh, their digital transformation efforts. Again, uh, I think they need to think in in terms of scenarios, they need to select which digital initiatives are are the most important ones, Uh, and they need to keep focusing on that. They need to uh, make adjustments, data-enabled adjustments to their offerings. Just to give you an example, we talked about the remote deposit capture. If I have a check, that's above the limit of my mobile app, uh, remote deposit capture, and that limit is not changed during this COVID-19 era, then it's very likely that I'm going to look for a bank who allows me to, uh, uh, remotely check, uh, cash that check that has the, the limit high, high enough so that I can, I can cash my check. So, um, also, delinquencies as, as uh, credit delinquencies will go through the roof. Banks can know based based on data, based on paychecks coming in, which which uh, customers are good for to lend further so that they can keep things going, which businesses are good for uh, to, to uh, keep them afloat, versus which ones are where they need to think about quickly uh, collecting or uh, even restructuring their loan. Uh, They need to think about automating their low value added manual tasks in the back office uh, through through different means, through workflows, uh, through uh, uh, intelligent uh, process automation, AI, uh, machine learning. Um, They need to not uh, uh, cut. investments into things that are regulatory or brand risk issues like libor uh, deadline as far as i know has not changed they need to continue that effort uh the uh, cyber with the increasing digital payments and transaction excuse me transactions is an area they need to keep investing on and any business continuity measure uh they need to uh, continue to focus on. I think uh, areas to uh, cut costs on, they can optimize their branches and they can have a, a scenario-based approach to to uh, uh, staff uh, reductions, uh, keeping the good talent, uh, enabling their uh, people at this time, uh, but knowing where to cut costs.
0: Yeah. And uh, in terms of like, Uh, The priority actions, uh, definitely you mentioned um, a topic about uh, retaining the current customer base um, as part of uh, their current efforts. Uh, Let me drill down a bit there uh, on uh, customer retention and customer experience, and specifically on listening to voice of customer during these times. Uh, I was speaking with a couple of bank executives the other day uh, in terms of... Uh, voice of customer uh, listening. And some believe that uh, getting customer feedback during this time uh, is a complete waste of time. Uh, you know, they, the the people I was talking with mentioned that people cannot think healthy right now, uh, you know, because of the ongoing pandemia. Uh, another argument that was made uh, was it is irritating to ask for feedback or to, uh, you know, uh, analyze the feedback at this uh, point because it's not a uh, rational feedback. Uh, There is, on the other hand, another camp uh, of executives uh, who feel uh, there is even more urgency to get uh, customer feedback, even more real-time customer feedback during these times, as these uh, field-based feedbacks are a key input for their decisions and the war rooms that they're setting up uh, every day uh, at their offices and their headquarters, part of the executive suite. And uh, in addition... From our observations, we also see some of the key customer journeys, such as credit application or payments, are also going to see some changes, uh, whereby uh, we're going to see uh, new components, mostly digital, uh, but also non-digital, uh, being added uh, to journeys. Um, and uh, we should also mention there are new remote sales and service channels, such as video sales, etc., to connect the field with employees, increasing the number of digital platforms for, um, you know, sales and service. Um, And um, when we add those all up, um, you know, input about what works uh, in terms of products, services, journeys, and whatnot, and adapting uh, seems to be uh, also important. So uh, I'm I'm really curious about what your thoughts are here and uh, some of your observations from the U.S. markets. So What are banks doing in this part?
1: i think this is a very valid and healthy debate that that needs to be had and i can see where both camps are coming from but uh both you and i are our veterans of of this industry right we we go way back and we remember a time maybe 15 years ago crm was the big thing. Ten years ago, digital banking was the big thing. Five years ago, innovation labs uh, and, and, and design-led approaches became uh, important. There are always waves, but I would say one thing that we have seen remain constant is listening to customer needs and expectations and responding to that. That has never changed. And uh, it would it would take a lot to to convince me otherwise uh, about that being changed at this point or in the in the near future. What I think um, is. uh, There there are there are a few different considerations that people need to have when it comes to uh, customer feedback debate, one is. We are in a, in a pandemic induced recession, likes of which we have never seen before, which means that there is nothing in the past that we can compare. I think to a large extent, you can throw out all of the, all of the information uh, banks have gathered from their customers in terms of expectations just for the time being and be prepared to adjust to the new reality of, of what they're expecting now. Just like the remote deposit captured that we talked about, things are changing right now, and if they're not responding to these changes quickly by listening to their customers, then uh, they're not—they're just going to lose their base. They're just going to lose their the confidence of of their customers, and uh, uh, they might not bounce back from this. So we are not saying. I think there is a big nuance there. We are not saying. Just annoy the customers uh, by asking for feedback constantly, and uh, I can I can give you a wrong example on that. Uh, with this uh, social distancing, there was a rush uh, to to Zoom. Uh, even uh, uh, an incorrect uh, share price uh, increased. A, a company with the same name, Zoom, uh, saw <laughs> their share price increasing because people. We're going and buying Zoom shares, uh, Zoom stocks. And and WebEx reaction to that was um, asking for feedback after every WebEx interaction. I suddenly see WebEx asking me to uh, do a star rating and a point rating from 1 to 10 every time now. And that is super annoying. What we're saying is not uh, ask ask for more feedback just keep the way that you were asking for feedback in place, which should be always optional and to the convenience of the customer. Don't try to increase that or annoy them. But, uh, if you're, if you don't have those, uh, that infrastructure in place, then that's a big gap anyways. And you have to put it in place right away. If you don't have, uh, a solution like Alterna solution that's out in the market. It has to be there. You have to be listening to your customers anyways without annoying them. What we're saying is that separate the data that you have been collecting over the years versus the data you have from the last four weeks and respond to it, ask different questions, potentially uh, think about using that data in adjusting your uh, offerings and self-service model over digital channels. And to be able to do that quickly, of course, the banks and the fintechs need to have uh, agile ways of working in place, especially at this time where everyone is working remotely. You're not going to collect everyone uh, in, a, in one physical location in an innovation lab and do the whiteboarding thing. You have to adjust your ways of working quickly as well. So your product development lifecycle should start with the customer feedback, understanding the differences of the last few weeks, and quickly uh, implementing adjustments to the offerings. I think that's a that's a big nuance and maybe a big misunderstanding in that debate. Just to underline it once more, we're not saying uh, go go and. Keep annoying your customers or or go uh, and ask five times what what they're thinking about. Keep your ways of collecting feedback uh, the way they are. Uh, It should be optional. Maybe adjust the questions that you're asking, but that's the extent of it. And separate the data from before versus the data you collected in the uh, the last few weeks or a few months and uh, act on the, the newest data that you have in place. And again, if you didn't have a customer feedback uh, cycle in place that feeds directly into your product development lifecycle, then you have to establish that real quickly, and that means fintech partnerships or software deployment uh, than than anything else.
0: Thank you. Uh, that was uh, that was a, a very comprehensive answer, and uh, it's, it really gives a very good perspective on how to address uh, that uh voice of customer uh, dilemma um thank you thank you so much Corey, uh for the insights uh at the point i wanted to ask uh if you have any final
1: recommendations uh to our listeners um no actually nothing at all keep keep your social distancing uh be safe uh follow the news to make sure that uh your your you and your loved ones are safe And for the banks, fintechs, uh, traditional brick and mortar, incumbent banks, just keep calm and invest in digital.
0: All right. That's a great motto. Keep calm and investing in digital.
1: Corey, thank you for joining
0: and thank you for your insights. Um, Our listeners, we're approaching the end of our podcast. Uh, In today's episode, our guest was Corey User from Bipro Digital. Uh, He shared his perspectives on the effects of COVID-19 on the financial service industry. Um, uh, Thank you very much for joining in. And if you have any questions, feel free to contact us from our website, alternacx.com slash contact us. Or uh, alternatively, we also recommend you subscribe to our podcast channel or our newsletter to get notified on our news episodes on time. So until next time, goodbye. And thank you, Corey, again. Thank
1: you, Porat, for having me.